say, well, it's easy for you. You've got your own building company then. I haven't got a building company. I wouldn't be able to do that. Well, that's not true. How do you get over the fear of hiring a cowboy builder? Your first thing to look for is see if there's any horses parked up um, <laughs> next to it. Hello and welcome to the Property Developers Secrets podcast with myself, Lloyd Girardi. And myself, Andy Cook. And we are talking about how to find contractors. So with property development, you need a build team. We uh, talk about the topics of building. and We are, but before we go into all that, I think we should talk about the fact what we just done this weekend. Uh, go on then, yeah. So, so. We have just run our 105th, no, not 105th. Wow. <laughs> that would be a lot more than we've done. Our 54th Property Developer Secrets course. Well, we? we could have done if this episode was... Yeah, it like, depends when you're watching it. Yeah, sent out 10 years yeah. later. But well, you know, this is going to be around for a while. Maybe yeah. we'll have done it. But no, this last weekend, we've just done our 54th Property Developer Secrets course. And I'm going to put it out there. I think it was one of the best ones we've done. I think it is. And I think the 55th is going to be better than the 54th because we learn. Well, we always do. It always gets better every time. But we had a couple of special guests there. Um, Debbie, my wife, was actually there. Yeah. So she came on the course. That's the first time she's ever done it. But she sat through as a delegate to sort of see it from, you know, that, that side of the table, if you like, and see how it comes across. And um, Vicky, who was actually the first person who kind of worked for me, really, in, well, certainly in an office capacity in 2011. So she's worked with me for probably 11 years. And again, sort of that, the first time she's done it as well. So they were really good special guests, but the group were amazing, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And um, we had Callum from Love Island, who obviously we spoke to a few uh, months ago. Yeah. Um, he's starting his journey in property developments as well. So if you want to follow his journey, uh, follow him. But we are teaching him how to become a property developer. And he's he's got all the skills and all the um, right sort of um, people around him to really progress. So it's going to be interesting watching his journey. Yeah, an exciting journey. Callum's got an exciting journey ahead of him, yeah. And he's coming to Bali, obviously. So as we're recording this, we're only, well, we're less than a week now, six days until we fly to Bali on our last retreat for a while, actually. Our, well, our, certainly our last retreat um, for Croatia and Bali. We're going to take yeah. a break from it next year. Um, but there'll probably be, we'll do a couple of interviews when we're over there. So, you know, if you're interested in what goes on over there, you want to see the delegates that come over there. It's a real... Um, it's a real life-changing event um, and we'll probably do a couple of interviews with them we'll catch up with Callum see how he's getting on because he's coming yep. over there too um, so keep listening to the podcast and we'll do a couple of episodes whilst we're over there because we're over there about three weeks aren't we yeah so you're probably listening to this podcast if you're listening listening to it on the launch day or a few days after and we'll probably be there as you're listening so yeah just keep an eye out um, if you want to keep up to date with what we do just follow us on Instagram so Whitebox Property um, and yeah you'll see all of our updates and what we do Cool. So yeah, that's that's that though. Um, we have got one more course this year. If people are interested in it, you've seen it. There's a couple of options you can do. You can do the foundations, which we mention on here sometimes. That's sort of your entry level. It's you know cheap as chips. Shows you whether property development's right for you. Or what we just did the last weekend is the property developer secrets course, which is you know the full blueprint to become a property developer. So get in touch with us on the website. Um, and um, you can find how to get involved with those courses. There's one more this year in, as we're recording this in 2023. Uh, my numbers today are <laughs> about going? I'm tired from the course, obviously. Um, so, yeah, we're recording this. There's one in November 2023. Um, otherwise, it'll be into 2024. Yeah. So, cool. Um, let's talk about how to find um, building companies then. So, obviously, you have your own building company, but... Um, to be able to find building companies where would people go so well firstly can we discuss before we talk about where people can go 
pros and cons of having your own building company. Yeah. So, you know, like I obviously came into this. So my, my story, if you've not listened to previous episodes or you don't really know our stories, you know, I, I was more from a carpentry background, but not qualified as a carpenter. Uh, 2007, I set up on my own doing that. And then I set up Redbox Developments, which is my own. It was me as a one-man band, you know, being a yes man saying, you know, yes to doing kitchens, bathrooms, whatever. Extensions, 2009. And then that got sort of bigger and bigger as a small building company and then did my own self-build in 2012, 13. And then we started the journey after that where we used my building company to, which was only still a small building company with a few employees, um, to then do our own site. So we kind of made the transition from doing work for other people, doing extensions to working as our own client if you like so we took that sort of awkward customer level out so and if you're from the trades with a small building company you'll understand what i mean by that um so you know it was more comfortable working for ourselves obviously and getting development finance to sort of pay the build company's bill so that was our our journey now some people come through the training or, or would watch something like this and say well it was easy for you you've got your own building company then i haven't got a building company i wouldn't be able to do that well that's not true and there's lots of people you just need to understand how you can use someone's building company or joint venture with them or contract them in essence you're from lloyd's point of view because you didn't have any of that either did you and you joint ventured with a with a builder um but the the pros of that i suppose are you're in a bit more control because you've got your own you know you've got your own team we don't do it though where you know we don't charge any profit margin because, you know, I already ran that company for seven years before we do what we do now. So, you know, we've always allowed for the same profit margin in the build company that we would do if you just contracted someone, you know, around 20%. So there's no advantage to us with that. We probably do have a bit of control. The disadvantage with having your own building company is that you have to keep them working all the time. So in developments, you know, um, sites can be a little bit transient, if that's the right term for it, you know, that they sort of like, Sometimes they drop out. Sometimes they get stuck in planning. Sometimes your pipeline's not as strong as you want it to be. So, you know, you might have a job booked in and you might, you know, you hold your whole team for it and then there's a delay for any reason. So, you know, it could be a funding legals delay. It could be, like I say, planning or something like that. And suddenly you've got a hole in your schedule, haven't you? You've got, you know, a site manager, a carpenter, a, you know, a laborer. You've got all these people who you've got to pay because they work for you. Um, Whereas if you you know, get a, a main contractor that's separate or if you get, um, you know, a project manager and do it with individual trades, then, you know, they're only gonna, you're only going to pay them when they're actually working on the site. Yeah. So if it gets delayed, they're going to go and find another job, aren't they? So, so there are definite pros and cons for having a build company. I think people see it that, well, actually, I think people see the grass is greener both ways, don't they? Yeah. You know, if you've got a building company, you know, the challenges of keeping them running. So you think, well, maybe I should do it with a project manager and subcontractors. And if you haven't got a building company, you think everyone with a building company is, you know, yeah. got the golden ticket. So I think it's important, whichever side you're on, to understand that both have challenges. Neither one of them are perfect. And, um, you know, there's a solution both ways, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, like I say, it's grass is greener on the other side. Everyone always thinks that what they're not doing is the better better yeah. way but um i think yeah everything has its challenges as you said yeah so assuming no one's got this building company that uh to to work with then how can we find them what's uh, a few ways so um yeah how, where does someone start to find a building company okay so look you know we, we we tell people that they should um they should start when they're looking to do their first developments 
if it's you just starting out you know we've talked on the podcast before that one's not maybe as as efficient as maybe doing three or four or even up to sort of eight or nine because you know there's a bit of scale of economy there's a bit of extra control you get there's less people in the market for three or four than there are for one because it takes self-builders out of it and all those kind of people again we've done that in the podcast so listen back if you've not heard that so then if you're looking for a site for three or four then the obvious thing to do is go and find people that are actively building three or four houses or the, the around the size of the site that you want um Builders, I'd suggest, would work kind of a radius um, of about, you know, 45 minutes from where they're based. So you need to pick the area you want to build the house, you know, the size of the site that you want to build, and then you want to go scout in that radius, which is quite, you know, 45 minutes to an hour is quite an area. There's going to be quite a lot of towns, villages, and all those kind of things in that, depending where you are in the country. Um, Go and find building projects. You know, go and speak to the people building them. You're not always going to get a positive answer. You're not always going to get them welcoming you in. But, you know, don't go in with that expectation. But you will get sometimes, you know, they're at the end of the day running a business, you know, and you can you can tell the the way they work just by even seeing the site. It's probably better seeing something whilst they're doing it. Uh, you can always go and see a project they've done in the past and see the quality of the finish. Yeah. Um, but seeing something that they're actually working on is really powerful because, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day the way we do anything is the way we do everything isn't it so if we've got um you know if we've got a messy um you know if our heads are shed and we've got a messy way of working and there's pallets everywhere and all that that's the way we work isn't it so you're going to see that and that's perhaps not a great inefficient yeah yeah, you've got to have a a tidy site's nice but then you could be the opposite we can have too much of a tidy site that they're concentrate on making it look really clean and they're not actually doing the work and it's a slow progress so yeah there's both ways as well yeah that's it it's always a balance isn't it but yeah and i think when you drive past sites a lot of builders put signs out to say who they are the company that's building it uh, no scaffolders always put their their name on the scaffold and all sorts so um look out for the sign take a picture of the sign and then maybe uh, sort of when you're back in the office or back at home you just email the person and say look i drove past this site i'm looking at developing a a site similar would you be interested in tendering uh, for the job so um just but on first that of then, all go and speak, try and speak to them while you're there yeah. you know like not sometimes people are busy it doesn't mean that they're not willing to speak to you then you can follow up like that but first port of call i'd always try and just you know oh yeah this is the sort of thing i you know i'm building even if you haven't got a site yet tell them what you're looking for there's a lot of builders who don't know how to go and purchase and find money and all the bits that we do as a developer so you know don't sit there thinking yeah but they do it themselves, you know, you know, I've got no value to add to it. If you're a developer, we are the conductors of the orchestra. You know, we don't have to, you know, the, the build part of it is just one element of it is, you know, it's part of the orchestra, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, that just because they're part of the orchestra, they don't know about all the other bits potentially. So, but they might do, they might be doing their own sites. And in, in that conversation, it might not go the way you want it. But if you have 10 of those conversations, then, you know, Activity creates opportunity. So a question for you. How like, people have this fear of cowboy builders. How do you get over the fear of hiring a cowboy builder? Your first thing to look for is see if there's any horses parked up um, <laughs> next to it. You know, if they've got chaps on. <laughs> so, you know, that's a giveaway. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, but it's the things that we talk about. We just talked about, isn't it? You know, you, you, if you go and see what they've done, you know, speak to previous customers. If you're going to get someone to build three or four houses for you, you're going to want to speak to, you know, you want to see a build they've done yeah. before. 
and then you're going to want to speak to people who've done it for online reviews trust pilot like a reputable company yeah, will, will yeah. be asking for reviews but so. i'd also say though look you know put it in the context everything's um got both sides to look at it hasn't it you put it in the context how do builders get into the trade how did they become a builder did they go to university for eight years like an architect? Did they, you know, did they do all of the, you know, again, um, extra education like a planner would do? Probably not, you know. Generally, and I'm generalizing a little bit, but, um, you know, your standard builder, the way I came into it, they probably come from more of a, an apprenticeship, um, that kind of route. So did they do business studies at school and university for, you know, seven years? Probably not. So they might be the best person in the world to build the house and their skills are perfect. Their finish is perfect. But, you know, they might not be the best business people in the world. I wasn't when I started, you know. So, um, so you you know, you can help them along along those ways. So don't expect that they're going to create your PowerPoints of, you know presentations yeah. that they're going to hire a hotel room and show you all of their portfolio and all that yeah. kind of thing because that's not their world is it you know you it's more of a practical world so I, th- I think that people could dismiss really really good builders because you know they just they they can't portray themselves in the way that you know a, a corporate would perhaps do in a in a slick presentation you know in a in a hotel room so yeah. yeah i guess word of mouth would be a good way to find out and i think going to builders merchants I think the merchants would know who yeah. is a good builder as well. So actually that could be a good thing to go in there and say, look, is any, re- any builders you can recommend to work yeah. on this kind of project? And they kind of understand what kind of project yeah. they're working Reputation's on. Reputation is a massive thing. And it is in that kind of world, you know, like it, you'll hear lots and lots of builders wearing it like a badge of honor that they've never had to advertise, yeah. you know, because they run on their reputation. You know, that's, it, and that's really good and it's really commendable. You know, I used to say stuff like that, yeah. but actually... You know, it, it's going to keep them in a world of you know that they're used to working in, and they're not really going to push outside of that because they're not you know they're, they're not building their business. Um, but that's probably a good thing for you. But if you go look at trying to find their Instagram page, and you try and you know you're trying to find their online presence, and you want to contact them through LinkedIn, it's probably not going to happen because it's you know it's not their world. Some may be different, obviously. Yeah. You were generalising, but you know you've got to get it into context. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be a great builder and they're not going to be a great person to work with. You want them to do the build at the end of the day. Yeah. Not, you know, you don't want them to do presentations to the lenders, do you? No, no, absolutely. Um, I think there's another way of finding out, but I want to do a bit of a shout out for MPS. So the guys that we use, because we found them through a different service, didn't we? Um, so Northampton Plastering, the, the people we use for our plastering service, but we put it onto a website, which was My Builder. Um, mm-hmm. And that's another way you can find people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was a specific project, We got in, you know, I think we'd struggled to find some plasterers. It was a bit of an awkward conversion. Um, it, it was in Kettering, near where, where we are. And a few plasterers didn't want to take it on because it, was, you know, it wasn't like straightforward new build. And it was a bit awkward. It was quirky. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, quirky is a good word for it, yeah. Um, and we went on my builder because we, were, we frankly needed to find some more trades to do that specific yeah. um, task. And it was quite a lot of it. It was like nine flats. Um, so we went to my builder. We got some contacts off of there. Um, I don't think we actually, I don't think we got them off my builder in the end, but we went through that process and it covered it. There was something, something about that. And um, we got in contact with them and, you know, we gave them a go and we were really impressed, really impressed what they did. Shane and the guys, you know, um, and we've basically worked with them ever since. So, 
you know, when you find someone who's good, you're going to get that repeat. With anything like, you know, finding a builder, finding a main contractor, finding a good trade, what you're trying to do is build the relationship and get repeat work. They want repeat work because they're building their business, but we want that relationship of, you know, repeating it as well because you don't want to find and renew a you know, relationship every time. Imagine you were looking for, a, you wanted a main contractor and then you fell out with them and then you've got to find a new main contractor. You fall out with them. Then you've got to find a new main contractor. Then you fall out with them. That's a lot of energy, effort, you know, and you learn every time. So you should be getting a better main contractor and avoiding your cowboy builders. Yeah. But it's a lot of effort you, you don't really want. So I'd rather find a good, you know, our team. We've got a good team of people. Like, we don't want to be complacent. We don't want to just accept the first price. You know, sometimes people get a bit lazy with their pricing and they just expect you will accept anything. So we always want people to be competitive. And we, you know, we'll always make sure that we're at the market rates. But at the same time, we want to look after people. Like that. And, and, and Shane's a great example of that. You know, he's become a, a good friend of ours now. And, you know, we did 24 flats, the Mill Road conversion. That was a massive job compared to the, the one where yeah. we first met them. And Shane said to me, he said, look, this will be our biggest job we've ever done. You know, he didn't take it on lightly. But, you know, they were an integral part of running that job. You know, the, the plastering and the boarding, insulation, plastering was um, a massive area in it. And, you know, they helped keep the program running through the whole, whole of the job. Yeah. Right, really. The quality of finish on that project was awesome because it wasn't it, it was, the yeah. ceilings. I still remember they weren't normal ceilings. Like we had sort of slopes into the windows because they were big yeah. sort of um, factory looking windows. So, yeah. Yeah, really, really good. That, that's like proper tradesmen. They're proper yeah. tradesmen, you know. Yeah. So yeah, they're the opposite to what you were just saying. Look, you know, look out and avoid. Yeah. When you find people like that, you know, you look embrace it and you look after them. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, any other ways? Any other ways of finding? Uh, yeah, so you know, a good one is um, you know the professional team around you. So people like architects. So you know, they're working with builders all the time. When when we did extensions, um, a lot of that would come through architects. So they would get, you know, you imagine you want an extension to be built. You're not in the building world. You don't know people. You don't know who to go and ask. So, you know, you go to your architect to get the drawings done. That's your first point of call, isn't it? Your architect probably gets the building regs done. And then they'll perhaps, um, you know, you might say to them, well, you know, do you know any builders we can use? And they'll pass names on. So if you go to architects, they're only going to pass people that they've used and they know do a good job. That's the, you know, why would they pass the number on? So, yeah, that's a really good one. Um, but it's just getting out there and you know meeting people don't just go with the first one you find look for that relationship build projects take a long time you know whether it's building houses doing an extension whatever you know it can be stressful so you want to find someone that's got you know you can work with and have that relationship with awesome so just to recap then we've got drive-bys not literally drive-bys but driving around looking around and you've got your building merchants you've got recommendations you've got online services like my builder and you got like your professional bodies like architects and people around you as well so yeah get out there find out who is around your area uh, start talking to them start contacting them if you've got a development project in the pipeline now is the time to start finding the build team ready to get started cheers andy no worries cheers